Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi. What is up? <laughs> no. That came out in the most unnatural way. <laughs> I wasn't prepared to speak. You started. I enjoyed it. You started before I could prepare myself. <laughs> I, was, I introduced myself like a robot trying to seem like a teenager. <laughs> oh dear. Um, the reason for our giddiness is we recorded thankfully only the start of an episode <laughs> and we um, we, we uh, realised we hadn't plugged the microphones in. Yeah. So we hadn't got very far, we'd only got, what, ten, probably is about ten, mm. no, maybe five minutes in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, oh, so Fucked this up, is, should we do the title of it? It's called Here's a Crazy Story. Oh, it's Story. called Here's a Crazy Story, yeah. Yeah, from The Overtake, a podcast yeah. where we tell crazy true stories. I'm Robin, there's also Ethan That's and me. Abigail. Me. Yeah, I think that's real Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think they want us to go on for it. They don't care, do they? They don't care, So we've got some corrections from last week. Yeah, so I have a, what I would describe as a relatively minor, even pedantic one. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, Ben. <laughs> no, yeah, Ben, uh, ben very kindly messages from, um, from Middle Earth and told me that it's not Kievan Rus, it's Kievan Rus, like goose or juice. So there you go. That's how you say it. Yeah. Um, Have you got any I, corrections or, <laughs> so or I've already confessed this, this clarification, um, but we're going to do it again. Um, so, in episode three, which I was uh, listening back to today because I was doing the edit, um, there's a point in which I made it sound like I want to have sex with a dog. And what I actually was doing was an impression of someone who might want to have sex with the dog. That is not going to hold is, up in court. Yeah, this is worse than the first time it is. Well, <laughs> really, so even more saying. guilty. I mean, what were the actual words you said? I think. Well, I was doing. So I was doing an impression of the. the, the I, Robin Vinter, <laughs> would love to fuck a dog. 
Uh, we were, I was doing an impression of the YouTuber in, that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, who wanted to have sex with a dog. And I think she we did have saying, sex with her dog. She did, yeah, <laughs> that's it. And I think I was saying if like Hypothetically. Uh, hypothetically, I might want to, but it's I wouldn't do something like that. Or like I wouldn't tell people about it. That was what you yeah. said. Yeah, you were yeah. like you yeah, in in the character of that YouTuber, you were like yeah. I, I want to fuck a dog, but I'm not gonna tell anyone about it. Yeah. And, and your I mean, concern she, she is, did tell everyone about it. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. your concern, justified I think, yes. is that People will think that you actually, you, Robin Vinter, yes. journalist, yes. co-founder and editor of The Overtake. Yes. Found Give them the address. Act, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Single owner. Yeah, are you thinking of your, yourself as the other founder? No. You have been around for a very long time, though. So yeah. these Although I'm predated by both Rick and... Um, um, oh, no. I got it before you, don't I? And Ben, but he's gone. Yeah. No. Yeah, he's gone to New Zealand. Anyway, yeah. your point was so, that hypothetically, if you wanted to have sex with a dog, you would have enough shame and embarrassment not to tell exactly. people. It's one thing to want to fuck animals, it's another thing to have no shame about it and mm. tell everyone. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 So I wrote a bit of a statement that just said, um, I made it sound like I was like a disgraced politician stood outside the gates of his house with his, with his like, long suffering wife stood at his side. We uh, we have decided that we will get through this <laughs> as a as family. A family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so me as a family, I made it sound like I want to have sex with a dog, but the wording was bad. I don't want to. I don't even particularly like dogs as people. That's why that was the statement. Um, I in the last bit we did. Um, the last take yeah. attempt, I made a joke about dogs as people, meaning two dogs in like a trench coat. Yeah. And it was great. And we was great. Was, it was lost to the ages. Did, I mean, yeah, we did let's just imagine, listener, that we did some hilarious jokes. Yeah. yeah. Just insert in hilarity here. In fact, if we wanted to go home listener, just pretend that for about 45, 50 minutes we told you some vaguely interesting <laughs> stories. They're going to have to do kind that of anyway after yours. Yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we'll all just fucking call it a night and don't tell anyone. Sweet. Yeah. Ideal job. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I think I just want to draw a line under that. I just want to make it clear that I was doing an impression of a person. You might have noticed I was doing an impression of a person, in which case you're excellent and thank you. Still don't feel like it holds up in court. I don't know. No. No. And yes, I'm, I'm almost getting that kind of she does protest too much type vibe as well. Well, that's it. The, it's that thing that we talked about before. Like, <laughs> that, like the more you deny it, the yeah. the worse it sounds. Yeah. Um. So I, I just yeah. Let's just draw a line under it now. That's that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Just don't alienate any more listeners by saying you don't like dogs. Yeah. Well, just no. Uh, the no. personalities. I mean, like I'll I'll make it so give much worse. A, a cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't want to spend any significant time with them. Um, Were those the only two corrections? Because if so, both quite minor. I think minor, yeah. yeah. I mean, I actually haven't listened to... God, if, if that's what you said in the last episode, fuck knows what I've what I've managed to... Uh, I can't even remember. ...to embroil myself in. That's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> what was it again? What, which um, was yours? Because um, it wasn't oh, about fucking dogs, was it? No, mine was a good... What was mine? 
Oh no, mine was uh, Falcon the oh. Tiger. Oh, oh, mine was uh, Rabbit Out of the Twat. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. It was Rabbit Out of the Twat. That was a good episode. Um, strong, yeah. strong, nothing like following it with uh, some real mediocre broadcasting then. Good, let's yeah. get underway. Um, so, we established in the previous recording oh, yeah. that we trashed um, that your story is... Mine is, mine. <laughs> <laughs> and about sport. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, I have a sport story this week, which um, which I'm excited about, but yeah, Abigail is not excited about. Robin likes sports stories. Abigail particularly does not. I'm actually dreading it because I know my brain's just going to involuntarily switch off a lot. Oh, so you're gonna have to really focus. Yeah, on I'm gonna you, have yeah. to be like the yeah. entire. And you can't see what I'm doing, but I'm staring just at you staring very intently, intently in a way that really, really does make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, um, so you're going to go first because my story is creepy and, well, I won't say any more about mine. Okay, good. Can I clean my throat, please? It's <coughs> just yeah. quite a big one. I didn't feel like... I did that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I usually yeah I usually put more thought into the title for my story, but I'm just going to go for The Real Cinderella Man this time. Excellent. Which is reference, yes, reference to the film, which features Russell Crowe. God, if this if this seems like unnecessarily wooden to you, it's because <laughs> yeah. we've said this. We've said yeah, it we've all. Said it it's all a charade. Yeah, the first time was more waffly, but mm. more spontaneous sounding. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's what you're all here for, isn't it? Because yeah. God knows it's not for our organisational skills. No, you uh, also think that Renee Zellweger played Russell's uh, wife. Yeah. <laughs> the way that you said that makes me believe you know that she didn't already. <laughs> Uh, but I yeah, I, one, I, I think it? that might be it. Yeah. But no, it's a fucking brilliant He's film. He's excellent. Like I, I do not like that man, but he is. Very what is good. with the Russell Crowe hit? Mm. He, isn't he aggressive? Or I made that up? Oh, uh, that's maybe true. I feel actually, like he he's either punched someone or he's. Australian. Did you? It's one or the other. Yeah, both <laughs> valid reasons to. Uh, yeah. like, to Have you ever met a nice Australian man though? I have. It was an arrogant. Well, no. What I was saying, <laughs> I met. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I see your Russell Crowe and I raise you Hugh Jackman. So. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Do we like Hugh Jackman? Oh yeah, that? he is yes. awesome as yeah. fuck. Yeah, uh, very yeah. pure on Twitter as well. Cool. Yeah. Unlike dogs, he would get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. He is yeah. um, like a kind of animal-human hybrid, though, as a wolverine. Oh, she's like, he's still got claws. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's hairy. That's good enough for me. No, joking. Not hairy people. No, uh, nothing wrong with hairy people. Oh, I just bark for me, you. Okay. Uh, right. Fucking hell. This is the real Cinderella man because although Jim the Bulldog Braddock, who is the um, the protagonist in. That was actually a <laughs> yeah, um, Who is the protagonist in the actual Cinderella Man film? That's a true story, and yes. that guy is like deserving of the title Cinderella Man. To yeah. be fair, yeah. also a quick note on that: Max Bear, who is the uh, the guy who Jim Braddock's title fight with, is in that fight. Mm. The whole film builds up to it, and he's called Max the Killer Bear. Yes, he's he's painted as a horrible, horrible person in that film. When the reality is totally the opposite. Oh. He was an incredibly nice guy. He did kill people in the ring, but it like tore him apart. Um, mm. And he also, if you imagine, this was um, they fought in like he fought in like the twenties, thirties, which is like building up to Nazi Germany. And he was a Jew, um, and he was a, an extremely vocal critic of, as you would might expect, I suppose, 
of the um, kind of growing tide of anti-Semitism that was oh. washing across Europe. And he used to fight with a Star of David on his shorts, big Star of David on his Did shorts. He? Yeah, so it's kind of a shame that in the pursuit of creating like a cardboard cart villain for that film, they had to make it seem they like he was a really see. horrible prick. Oh. Um, and he's actually, by all accounts, a lovely man. Okay. Or was. I think he's dead, probably. I just seem so. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, sorry, that's, that was my story. Yeah, just yeah. the retelling Lovely, of Cinderella. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, this is about um, uh, Billy Misk, the real Cinderella man. So Billy Misk, born William Arthur Misk, um, April 12th, 1894. He was born in a place called St. Paul, Minnesota, which is like northeastern uh, US. Northeastern, uh, okay, yes. Yeah, so it's yeah. like a bit kind of near Canada so they're not with Midwestern just say it take a I guess. want to so much it feels we only, well there's only two that we know yeah the deep south deep south and the midwest that's yeah. all America so it's not either of the those US. and they that's think everything is in the deep south I, I just it. I'd it's like a running to, theme my, because my image of particularly when we're talking about old stuff which we usually are my image of like olden days America is yeah. always deep south yeah. Like, yeah. Didn't, did, wasn't it all just happening there wasn't cowboys in, in the north so I mean, yeah, between us, um, we basically just summed up all of American culture in that that era: yeah. cowboys and Tom Sawyer. So yeah, that's it. Nothing and else now, to note. Donald Trump, and there you go. There's the three main yeah. bits of American culture. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. I just, really I actually just became like I just, sadder. I yeah. saw that. I, I was like, yeah. I've never known. <laughs> yeah, you actually did. All the fun out there. Don't mention his name. So yeah, you've gone to St. Paul, Minnesota. Now, interestingly. Boxing was illegal in Minnesota until 1915. So when Billy Misk began his boxing career in 1913, he did so in a place called Superior, which was in Wisconsin. Mm. Um, now, oh, so he had to travel out of Minnesota to do his yeah, boxing. Yeah, yeah, in the in the beginning of his uh, of his career. Okay. Um, so he started off as a middleweight, uh, and he showed very clear promise early on. He was a technically gifted boxer, um, wasn't the most powerful puncher. But he was known for throwing punches in bunches, as they say. <laughs> um, he had a 10-year career, roughly, um, and he fought at three weight classes, which um, like now would be like, I think would now like be very odd, especially like professionally. Yeah. But then it was like a bit less odd. Um, he fought from middleweight up to heavyweight, so he fought middle, light, heavy, and heavyweight. Um, I throughout, I suppose he just. He just put on some muscle, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. That's or, as will become clear, lose it. Uh, well, Ooh. he tried, tried desperately to, to not lose it. But anyway, so that was, yeah, 10-year career, three weight classes. And for um, for the people who don't like boxing in the room... I've literally already switched off. I know what I'm saying. I, so, I, am actually, I am actually sorry. Like, I, I am sorry. Um, I'm sorry don't be that sorry, I don't care more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is you. It's... Yeah. I just can't bring myself to care about spot. <laughs> it's not even that I don't like boxing. It's that I don't care. You know like, what? I'm this completely is, this, apathetic. This is Ethan and Harry Potter. What it? What yeah. It is. No, no. I actively shoot. despise. Harry yeah, Potter. that's true. Actually. Yeah. Also, I. I, I don't think I you do ever tolerate it, though, Ethan's oh. hatred of Harry Potter a bit. You, you're the one that really goes in on him. I actually have a second correction. I've just realised. I said I, well, it's more of a. Is it I that Ethan said Harry Potter was bad and it's not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we clarified that. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I told a lie. I think I did it in the episode, but I might have just done it when we were talking socially. Um, I said I'd read the Lord of the Rings book. <laughs> this, is the, this is when we all did uh, any, any 
Yeah, he might have said it wasn't true. Time was not This is now becoming the therapy yeah, podcast. Reminded me of that song that played on the radio for like six straight months. That when I was seven year, years old song. What oh. year was that? Uh, yeah. Is that like twenty sixteen or seventeen? Uh, years old. Yeah. 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 Not saying it was the worst thing to happen that year, but it was up there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, I said that I've read the Lord of the Rings books. What I actually have read is one and a half. Of the Lord of Rings books, and okay. I just gave up at that point. So I'm not so, sure that so was I've, in the episode. As a as a as a, a ratio, <laughs> I've read much it. more of the Harry Potter books than you have <laughs> Lord of the Rings, yes. especially when you consider the Hobbit trilogy. Uh, the sorry, the Hobbit book and the Silmarillion, which I haven't read. I know I've read I've read the Hobbit actually. Have the you Hobbit, read the Hobbit? I, th- I found fine. That's mm. how that's honest, when I moved on to Lord of the Rings, like, thinking it was going to be fine, and it was not fine. It's a, that is a very acceptable opinion. The Hobbit. It's weird, right? The Hobbit was three films, and it should have been one. Yeah. Each Lord of the Rings film could have been, like, it shouldn't have been, but yeah, it could have been cram- two they films. Yeah, they, they cut out some good bits of the yeah. Lord of the Rings books I've read. <laughs> Tom Bombadil is what Tom you're referring Bond, yeah, to then, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, you, you're right. The Hobbit is a, is, um, it's a child's book, so... Yeah. Take from that what you will. Okay. Uh, but I just wanted to, I felt bad about it afterwards because how much shit I give you. And then I'm like, the Lord of the Rings is shit. And I'm like, and then I'm like, but I've, read, I've seen the film so I know what they're like. But. To be fair, the main criticism was that there's literally like three women in the whole thing, which I think is fine to condemn without yeah. having seen it or read it. Yeah. I think there's more in the book. Yeah, I think it's still a fair criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I would just for the sake of, you know, for the sake of posterity, like, as I've pointed out before, they're not many women, but all of them are. None of them are portrayed as like they're all bad damsels in distress. Yeah. Like yeah. there is yeah. no. I don't. Oh, even, we all need saving. They, yeah. They'll fucking. Save I even themselves. remember it well enough to say that they're all good characters, but they're certainly badass characters. I mean, however, it's not a choice between like one woman that one woman that's good and like a hundred that are shit. Yeah, you know. No, you're right. <laughs> yeah, no. So, I yeah. so, so I just wanted to. Sort of clarify and also apologise a little bit for how much I go in on you and Harry Potter and then I just did the same thing as you, basically. Yeah, well, I don't accept. Um, Whoa, I thought you were going to go, that's very interesting. Absolutely, no, it was. Very big of you. And instead he was very like, it's Herrick. <laughs> there was no real way for me to find out that was a lie. You could maintain that. Yeah, for, yeah exactly, exactly. Integrity. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. So. Back to Billy Misk. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, sorry. What I was saying was, if you if you're not like if you don't really know boxing history, which is perfectly reasonable, um, the kind of early part of the 20th century is regarded as probably one of the golden eras. Like there were some fighters around at that time who, taking away the fact that like we're more advanced now and techniques have changed and stuff, would kind of pound for pound be you know the best boxers of all time. So people like um, uh, Jack Dempsey, um, oh, what's his name, uh, Harry Greb. Um, and, and like a lot more of that era that there was just a lot of good boxers boxing was like a much bigger sport and it was much more accessible to people then as well I think um, mm, that's yeah I mean I suppose it was like you just punch a load of stuff and yeah. then eventually get good at punch it shit. Yeah, yeah. whereas like other sports I mean to this day other sports are less accessible mm. so yeah, yeah. definitely mm. so he um, he fought at three weight classes at, at this point um, and he and he fought people like like Jack Dempsey, Harry Greb, uh, Jack Dillon, uh, and Bill Kale Brennan, who we'll come back to later. Mm. Um, so he fought more than hundred bouts, which is a fuckload. Yeah, um, like his like, brain must have been an absolute bit. Mm, 
like by the standards of today, it's absolutely ridiculous. By the standards of then, it was still quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Like people fought a lot more because yeah. they were kind of like unofficial fights, not totally unofficial, but there were certainly fights that weren't as hyped up and were not, you know, nine months of press beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they would just be like, we had a fight a few weeks ago, let's have a go again, type thing. Um, so it, over, over his kind of hundred or so fights, he won 74, um, 30 odd by knockout. Um, and the majority of the rest were actually draws and no contests. Like okay. he, he lost very, very few fights. Um, mm. And then no contest was much more common then. Yeah. Um, because in, uh, yeah, at that point, basically, unless there was a knockout, the judges weren't, so in many cases, the judges didn't make a decision because it would be fixed. Um, or, yeah, or, it, or it certainly it, led to accusations of it being fixed. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't imagine the crowd liking that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but one of the things that weirdly is what happened. So some of these wins were technically um, no contest. But what used to happen is if it was a, a high status fight, is the newspapers went in a write up would pick a winner. So they were <laughs> so they were known as uh, newspaper wins. So some of these wins were newspaper wins. Um, a, a high proportion were. No, I think it was like I looking at if me. You just did that. I thought you were. I thought you were amazed at Robin being interested in this because I thought you were like. Oh no, I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, that's that's where his stats come from. Um. So he's not a particularly well-known boxer, Billy Misk. Um. He was a, a real like real talent. Um. In an era of talents, but his record. Um, and his kind of his, his fighting ability should really have made him someone who was kind of known at least through generations like someone like a Jack Dempsey but he has been less so which is even more interesting considering what we're about to find out about him oh, um, so in um, so as I said sorry he started boxing in 1913 um, and he Quite quickly, it became apparent that he was like a, a very strong uh, contender. Um, and he... Oh, sorry, I did mean to say actually that he was posthumously inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 2010, which is... Oh, yeah, so literally he's like... well long dead by then. Yeah, probably. like 80 years-ish after his career <sighs> ended, um, which is okay. fucking ages. So I mean, better late than never. What's but... this dude's name again? I've already forgotten. Billy Misk, M I S K E. So, yeah. So he he probably should have been inducted a long time earlier, based purely on his boxing boxing ability. Mm. But the fact um, that he carried yeah. a, a, a huge secret for five years of his career makes his story even more fascinating. Oh my god, I'm intrigued. There you go. So in 1918, uh, just obviously like kind of five years or so into a very promising boxing career. Um, Billy went to the doctors complaining of quite severe pains in his kidneys. Um, so tops up with the doctors for what he thinks is fairly going to be probably quite a routine thing. Um, and the doctor's like, Billy, you're, uh, you're fucked, mate. <laughs> and he had Bright's disease. Um, now, Bright's disease is a condition of the kidneys, um, which we now call something like glomerulonephritis. Oh, yeah, I love it, yeah. Yeah, 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 as we're all familiar with that. Yeah. Um, which is, um, I think even now, I think, don't check this, but I think even now it's still basically fatal I'm in every sure. case. But, like, then it was uh, definitely so. Yeah. Give me the name again. <sighs> um, glomerulo... 
nephritis. If you search Bright's disease, I'm sure it will come up. It, it got it from Glon. So it's <laughs> sweet, sweet, famous. Uh, and um, also, but if you're using Google, it's listening, obviously, to the conversation. So it knows already. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Um, that's why I asked to ask Jeeves. Um, so... Yeah, so he said he was like, "Billy, you've you've got this thing. You you fucked, mate. Your uh, your kidneys are, are battered. Um, I I will give you. I'd give you five years to live." Shit! How old was he at this time? Like young. I guess. Yeah, so it's nineteen eighteen. He was born in eighteen ninety four. So quick maths, like twenty four. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. So so young. <clears throat> and he's been given. I've literally written it like a minute after that. Yeah. yeah. He's twenty four at this point. Um, <laughs> so twenty four. He's a. a particularly promising boxer um so obviously he's like but i can still like you know he's a box and that and the doctor's like no no that five years is assuming that you stop boxing now oh. and you just go sit on yourself for five years and you chill the fuck out wow. um so billy miss is presented with two options clearly um pack in mm. and be fairly safe in the knowledge that you'll live an extra you know another five years so or don't. Um, so not just yeah. but he fucking didn't. He was like, fuck that. So I mean, if you've got, if you've only got a few years, it's only five. If it was like 20, it'd box. be different. Yeah. However, the problem is, though, that that five is only if he doesn't box. Yeah, obviously, it's like two if he does or whatever, yeah. Or, mm-hmm. like, someone, presumably if they hit him oh, in the right, that could just kill him. Oh, Like, shit, he could just okay. die. Yeah. Okay. Um, so by this point in his career, um, Billy is a family man. Um, and he tried to invest some of his boxing earnings that he'd already kind of started picking up at this young age um, to make sure that after he finished fighting, he would, um, you know, be able to provide for his uh, his wife and young three kids who he had at this point. Okay. Um, so he set up a business in his hometown, which was a car dealership. Um, and everyone who knew uh, Billy kind of described him as this very trusting, really nice guy. Mm. And his problem was that his... Friends and acquaintances and people who knew him would often be like, "Can I get, can I get that, you know, like car on uh, on credit?" Mm. <laughs> and he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, sweet mate, yeah, yeah, just pay me whenever." And then they wouldn't. Um, oh. So he he was. That's the problem as well. Like I'm assuming he was working class because a lot of boxers back then were working class. Yeah, they earned quite a bit of money sometimes, mm. but their friends were all still working class. Like it wasn't. Although now, arguably, there's not that much so- social mobility. Like in those days, it really wasn't. Oh much. God, so, yeah. like, it, it yeah, was yeah. unusual. Yeah, I mean, and you are talking about literally the kind of five to ten years preceding the Great Depression. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, things got worse, but they weren't great before it. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So over over a long period, he built up a lot of debts, um, and already by this point, when he got this diagnosis, he was in considerable debt. Mm. Um, so he made the decision on that day that he wasn't going to tell anyone. wasn't going to tell anyone how serious it was. And when he had to, when he was visibly ill, which he often was, he just he would just kind of play it off lightly and be like, "Oh, I'm just a bit under the weather," type thing. Um, and he only told one person. He told his manager and, and best friend, a guy called Jack Reddy, um, who who he told exactly how serious it was, um, and no one else. That, and that includes his family. Like his wife. Whoa, shit. I thought you just went no, outside yeah, yeah. of his family. His oh, wife didn't know. I didn't tell her anything. Okay. The kids and stuff. That's not... It's not all right. Idea. Yeah, no. I can see why back in them days I think did something like that. I think like, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Like, it still seems kind of fucked, but I, I'm sure at the very least 
there were good intentions behind it. Yeah. Yeah. He he obviously didn't want to worry his wife and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So despite the doctor's orders, um, he opted to continue fighting. And over the next few years, um, he would rack up um, another like 30, 40 fights. Um, So this brings us to his kind of first encounter with Jack Dempsey, who, um, as I've kind of said, was, was... Maybe not at the time, but in in hindsight, is is regarded as the best boxer of that era mm. and one of the best heavyweights of all time. Yeah, uh, certainly one of the hardest hitters of all time. Jack Dempsey was like, if you if you find pictures of Jack Dempsey, like, I mean, he was hot, like very much so, and he was also a fucking bruiser. Like, you can just see that, just like you would not want to fuck with that guy. Like, okay, um, nice. but he was also like kind of rugged and. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can put some pictures on the Instagram. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, he, there's some real, yeah. Jack Dempsey ended up running a speakeasy in New York after he'd mm. retired. Um, and there's some, f- like, fucking brilliant stories. Because he usually just sitting there all day, just yeah. drinking, and then people would come in, and he'd kind of sit and have a drink with them and tell them boxing stories and talk oh. about, like, you know, if there'd been fights on, he'd be like, give his opinion on stuff. And there's some fucking amazing anecdotes of people who've just kind of wandered into his bar. And he's then told them, you know, secrets of boxing and stuff. So so he sounds like a fucking cool guy, Jack Dempsey. Uh, So Billy Misk and Jack Dempsey met for the first time in 1918. So literally about kind of four or five months after he was diagnosed with Bright's disease. Um, And like he wasn't falling over dead at this point. But he'd gone to the doctors with quite severe pain. Mm. Um, And that... There was nothing. He didn't. He didn't get anything for it. Oh, you know yeah, I mean? they, yeah, they don't. They really treat that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were just like, right, you've got to live with that. So, so he's still boxing. And he fights. Fights Jack Dempsey. Um, now, Jack Dempsey later said of Billy Misk that many people who had titles around that time would avoid Billy Misk because he was a, a he was a, a very consistently good fighter. Okay. Um, he got very few title shots throughout his career and Jack Dempsey thinks it's because people knew how good he was mm. um, and he was just a very like fast tough guy at a point when heavyweights weren't really fast he was incredibly fast Okay. Um, and people some people draw comparisons between him and Ali um, okay. yeah. in terms of how quick he was for a, for a heavyweight I guess like yeah tactically you don't want to fight that guy yeah. at any point no matter like I mean unless like well it depends if you're quite, if you're ranked quite high and he's not, you stand to lose quite a lot by yeah. by losing to someone like that. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that he was, I think, the thing is, he was notoriously difficult to like even knock down of my knockout. And in those days, mm. you, like when when you really had to knock someone out to win, yeah, you don't want to risk a title on someone that you think I'm going to knock that guy out, even yeah. if I know I'm a technically better boxer. Yeah, I'm going to knock him out. Like you're, yeah, you're going to get knocked out easier than he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Miss would actually fight Dem- Dempsey three times. Um, so on the first time they met, um, he it's not like a it's not a particularly big fight because Jack Dempsey even at this point in his career is not all that famous and well regarded, but he's still one of the kind of big hopefuls. Uh, and the first fight they draw, um, and neither man kind of gets the better of the other. Okay. Uh, the second fight Dempsey wins, which is only about nine months afterwards. Okay. The second fight, Dempsey wins, but there's no knockdowns. It goes all the way. Oh. They're both still standing. Um, and Jack Dempsey knocks everyone out. Like Jack, or, or, yeah. or knocks everyone down, type of thing. Yeah. Um, and he's still standing. They would meet a third time, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So following his fights with Jack Dempsey, his career kind of um, picks up, but his health deteriorates massively, basically in secret. Yeah. Um, it's assumed in boxing circles that there's something wrong with him a bit. 
but no one has any idea of the severity of it. Like, they um, just think he struggles with, I don't know, like, fucking flu and shit periodically. Yeah. Um, and the, in the, you know, in the years following his diagnosis, he gets progressively worse visibly, but, no, but he never tells anyone, no one knows the, the full extent of it. Um, and so 1920 was when he fought Jack Dempsey again, and in between he'd had quite a few fights um, and won the vast majority. Um, okay. And he fights Jack Dempsey again in 1920, which was his title shot. Um, sorry, so that was the third time. Did I just say it was second? I think I maybe did, mistakenly. Yeah. So he fights him again the third time, um, and it was Dempsey's first title defence. It was actually the first um, fight that was ever broadcast live on the radio as well. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, which unfortunately, I can't find any recordings of. You would think that something like that yeah, would be, like, like a, historic it would be a record of yeah. it, but I can't find it. If anyone can um, and wants to send us a link, fucking find it. That would be great. Yeah, 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 that would be brilliant. Um, so by this point, Dempsey and, and Miskit had, had developed a bit of uh, friendship. Yeah, he talks, in, that, he talks yeah. in his book a lot about how he really, really liked Billy Misk. Um, yeah. Just like a really nice guy. And also just had respect for him as a fighter as well. Like yeah. He was just fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, and he knew that Misk was, was ill. Uh, so he didn't want to fight him. I... But Billy Misk was like, I I really need some money. I've got a lot of debtors. Please just give me that fight. This fight is a title fight. Because um, I think with a title fight, you're always going to get more money, even if you yeah. lose than if it was just a normal fight. Yeah, it makes so, sense. Um, begrudgingly, eventually, Dempsey accepts the fight. And it takes place on Labor Day in 1920, and it was broadcast live, as I say. Um, so, Billy Miss turns up to this fight, and everyone can see he's ill. Like, he's fucking... Oh, no. Relatively speaking, like, he's kind of skin and bones. Like, oh, I mean, he's still... Shit. Still, like, yeah, a big still dude. Like Bill, but yeah. yeah. Uh, but, relatively, like, he's, it's clear that he's not fully himself. So, everyone kind of thinks this is going to be um, a walkover. And then the fight starts, and, and there's some brilliant bits in Jack Dempsey's book where he talks about this, but the fight starts... Um, and despite how he looks, Billy Misk is throwing absolute power. Like oh he's God. still like a real, real dangerous boxer. Um, yeah. But but Jack Dempsey is one of the best of all time. Mm. So first round. I suppose if you if you if you if you're quite light on your feet anyway, and then you've actually lost a few pounds. Yeah. yeah. Potentially, you could be <clears throat> a bit quicker than yeah. yeah. But you've still got that kind of like yeah that that innate fun. power. Like, <laughs> all right. Yeah. 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 Um, so early on, Miss takes a big shot to the to uh, like his sternum area, yeah. and this huge purple welt <gasps> appears on his chest, oh, no. um, and everyone's like, well, "Fuck, that's yeah. like because that's not normal." normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so everybody kind of expects the fight to stop at that point, and it doesn't. And he just gets up, um, keeps fighting, keeps throwing very dangerous punches. Second round, um, Jack Dempsey floors him with this huge punch. Uh, by all accounts, it's just like ridiculous. No one should ever have got from it. Um, Billy Miss goes down for one of the first times in his career. Actually, goes to the mat. So never mind, not tell he goes to the mat. Yeah. But he gets up on the nine count. Oh. So he's so he's just Oof. up. And Jack Dempsey <laughs> talks about his book how he's like he is relieved in a sense that he gets up. Yeah, he don't want to have killed the guy because yeah. he thinks he might have killed him. But then he's like. Fuck! If he's gonna get up from that, what am I gonna have to do to him yeah, to make yeah, him stay yeah. down? And how yeah. much damage am I gonna do to him in, in that Shit, process? He's sick, yeah. um, so fortunately, third round, um, Billy keeps like throwing really big punches, but Dempsey um, catches him in the body, and then as he straightens up, he lands like a huge left and knocks him out. Um, and Jack Dempsey, um, it was written about in 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 very kind of uh, positive way at the time because Jack Dempsey didn't. 
celebrate. He didn't show up for the crowd or anything. And there's still a picture of that. I'll put this on the thing, actually. Mm. There's a picture of Jack Dempsey picking him up and oh, has picked him up and he's carrying him to his corner because he's clearly Aww. so concerned that he's, like, killed oh, him. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, I suppose, yeah, you forget that, but boxing was always kind of considered, like, a, a gentleman's, gentleman's spot. spot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was, um, he was looking after him. So that was that. He'd lost the title thing, but he packed a bit of money away, so he managed to have a bit of a break, and he stopped fighting for a few months, probably about six to nine months. But his debts were still there, and he had to get back in the ring eventually. Um, so he returns to the ring about six months later, nine months later, um, and despite his illness, bear in mind he's been getting worse this whole time, he wins his next 17 consecutive fights. <laughs> Um, oh my god, I love him. Twelve of which are by knockout. What? Um, oh, bless him. Yeah, so this is over a, a fairly like fairly short period for that amount of fights. Um, uh, in October 1922, he fights a guy called Tommy Gibbons, who is um, remembered as being just, not necessarily like a great boxer, but just an incredibly hard man. Okay, Just yeah. like un, unbeatable in terms of like actually kind of knocking him out type thing. He, he wasn't yeah. all technically all that amazing, I don't think. Um, so they had a, and it was booked at Madison Square Garden so it was a pretty pretty big fight and again he turns up does Billy Misk and he looks worse like he looked okay. absolutely kind of last legs like fucked um, and by this point no one actually knows but he's like barely able to train he's not doing much at all other than literally just turning up to fights fighting going home and that's it Whoa. really um, so he gets he gets in the ring with Tommy Gibbons at Madison Square Garden goes for 10 rounds and knocks him out um, so Billy Misk again goes home victorious yeah, he's, he's good in fucking him. really good and, and like bear in mind right at any moment in any of these fights had someone punched him hard Just enough in, in the, the right place the, presumably it could <laughs> yeah. like very very feasibly have killed him yeah or, I suppose where does a boxing belt go it goes to kind of midriff quite high right? especially yeah. in those areas I suppose his kidneys were probably just about the same yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean the pain he was in oh, yeah. just generally yeah, was like also a factor yeah so he goes 10 rounds against Tommy Gibbons and, and wins but afterwards everyone's like Billy Give it a rest, mate. Mm. You know, you've proved your point. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Pack it in. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, yeah, I will do for a bit. Um, but unfortunately, like, he doesn't really have that option to just not fight anymore. Mm. Um, because he's fucking, like, not only is he skin, but he's in debt. And he knows in his mind that he is about, at any point now, because bear in mind... It's like a time limit. Yeah. Like, he's got to get out of debt before he's yeah. dead. Because he knows he's got this young family that he loves so much. He's got yeah. his wife um, and his, his three kids. Um, and he's thinking about what he leaves behind for them, clearly. Mm. Bear in mind, like, this is all going in, on just in his head. Yeah. Like, no one knows any of this. His yeah. family don't know any of I do think the wife, like, what, what were you thinking when he was, when he was like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, clearly in Dying. Bits, like, yeah, literally, <laughs> quite literally dying yeah. in he's front like, of like, oh, I've got a cold again. And he's like, oh, all right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I think he did, he used to say to her, like, oh, I've, I've got a problem with my kidneys, but... But it's you know, never ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose she would have had been busy, you know, back yeah. in them days. Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. I thought. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, sorry, that fight with Tommy Gibbons was October 1922. So if okay. we fast forward to um, just a few months to January 20, 1923, um, he's very much on borrowed time at this point. So yes. his diagnosis was 18, yeah. he got five years if he stopped boxing. It's now 1923. 
So um, he fights a guy called Harry Foley um, and knocks out the much younger guy first round. Whoa! Um, and after the fight, he's taken seriously ill. Like he's like not not just like he looks ill and he goes home. Like he has to kind of go to hospital and stuff. Like he's fucked. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and he's and he's basically forced into retirement, not by his decision, but everyone's just like, we just can't let him fight anymore. Yeah. Can't. Even though he's just won. <laughs> we can't watch this. Yeah, very right. He's just knocked the guy out yeah. first round and they're still like, yeah. I just, we can't, can't do it. Um, so moments go by and he gets worse and worse and worse and he's just kind of like wasting away by this stage. Um, and it gets to November 1923 and he knows in himself that he's not going to last much okay. longer at all. Okay. Um, so he's like, this is my last well, November, so yeah, last Thanksgiving, yeah, last Christmas is going to last, yeah. last everything. Um, and he's still broke as fuck. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I need to do, I need to do something. I've got to do something. I've got to give, leave something yeah. for my, um, for my family. So he calls up his best friend and manager, Jack Reddy, okay. and he's like, Jack, get me a fight. And it reminds, and this is like, there is so many parallels between Sydney and Because yeah. you remember that bit where he, he's talking to his manager and he's like, just give me one more fight. And it's yeah. Paul Giamatti yeah. and Paul Giamatti's like, I can't do it, Jim. Um, <laughs> and it's right, really good. And I, that's exactly how I picture this going. Um, and so they argue, as it goes, they, they argue for a long time. And it's yeah. a period of a few days that he's like, I really need to fight. And Jack really eventually says to him, look, I, feel it. I, I think 100% if I put you in the ring, you'll die. Um, to which he very calmly responds, I'm going to die anyway. So what? What do yeah. I lose? Yeah. So at this point, Jack's just like, fuck it, right, fine. Um, so he goes off, but everyone's aware in, in boxing circles of, of who Bellamisk is. And yeah. not only is he, is, he, is he a good fighter, but at this point, it seems immoral to fight him because he looks so uh, okay. People are like, there's something with him. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So the only fight he manages to get is with the guy we mentioned initially, Bill Kale Brennan. Okay. So as yeah. his name suggests... Uh, Bill had a propensity for knocking fighters out. Yeah, he was a big dude and no slouch. Like so, he was a, he was a real, real good fighter. Um, who I think went on to be like a very well regarded fighter. I was like, going to say, I feel like I'm his. familiar with his name actually. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, yeah. he's one of those like a Jack Dempsey that I think has been remembered afterward. Yeah. Um. So and that and that's the fight he gets. Um. And so. As people start to hear that Billy Miss got a fight and it's with Bill Brennan and Jack Reddy's organised it, people hate Jack Reddy because they're like, he's trying to just like make money out of this guy. Uh, he's clearly not, uh, you know, he's clearly not able to fight, but Jack's manipulating him. Because you do get that as well in like all sorts of fighting things that people are like, they're like, oh, I don't think I can fight that guy. And then the manager's like, yes, well, you're gonna, like, you can and you will. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. Gonna, like, you're just gonna fucking do it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Especially with you. And it's probably a, a totally uh, unfair stereotype, but there's that idea, I suppose, that managers are very kind of smart people, whereas yeah. boxers are just big and they get, That's that, it. And yeah. like managers getting like a percentage, 10, 10 15, 20%, whatever it is, yeah. of like whatever the boxer take, takes in, you're going to... Yeah, yeah, you get, yeah. You get a nice chunk. Mm. Um, so Jack really gets a lot of shit from fallout from boxing okay. circles and stuff, but he maintains his silence. Um, doesn't say anything, never kind of rises to it. Um, and the build up to the fight, Billy's completely too ill to train, can barely leave his house. Sure. Um, Jack's like, you've got to try and get to the gym. He's like, I've literally got one fight in me and I know I have and I can't, I can't go train, I can't, I can't expend any energy. I've got to, I can't, I've just got to sit here. 
so he, in the build of the fight Jack lies to the press and he's like oh he's doing a secret training camp at home <laughs> um, he's you know it's, we don't want him to see what he's doing he's yeah. tactics and all that kind of shit because that's the other thing as well even if you know you're going to lose a fight you've got to do all, all that bravado thing if you're not going to yeah, you have yeah. to be like yeah yeah he's been training his entire life for this fight or whatever like, yes yeah. yeah yeah so he um, so yeah he lies to the press but in, in reality he's sat at home eating chicken soup and, and boiled fish um, and literally just trying not to die. Oh. Um, so, yeah. So, um, Sorry, did you say boiled fish? Yes, I did. Yeah, it kept yeah. saying that. It kept saying boiled fish throughout this whole... <laughs> it this it whole makes sense. I just wanted thing. to double check so that I could respond with the appropriate repulsion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. What's worse than fish? Boiled fish. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah. At this point, it's worth remembering. He had five years to live if he stopped boxing. Okay. He boxed loads of fucking times. Um, there's a stat, like, in the period where um, Billy Misk took on something like 17 fights as an, a very ill man, Jack Dempsey fought eight in that same period of time. Whoa. And okay. Jack Dempsey's like, you know, yeah, the, the hero. Guys. Um, yeah. so, that, so even by the standards of the time, he took a lot of fights, trying to uh, write off this debt um, and trying to earn some money for his family. So we get to 1923, uh, um, November 7th, which is um, when the fight is scheduled for him. Billy arrives in Omaha, where the fight will take place, um, a couple of days beforehand. Um, somehow he manages to convince the match doctor that he's fit to fight, which fuck knows how. What um, was the match doctor's job back then? One might assume he was on the tick. Yes, yes. You Maybe. might be right. Maybe, might yeah. Right. Yeah, it might ruin the... Oh, there's fairy tale of a little bit, but yeah, you might yeah, think that so. Makes sense, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, a couple of days after that, the fight is fight day, and he he goes to the thing and he uh, he laces up his boots, tapes up his fists, and puts on his gloves for the last time. So Jack Reddy has managed to cut a deal with Brennan's management, which means that whatever happens, everything else out. As long as he makes the fourth round, he'll go home with like two two thousand five hundred dollars. Wow, okay. which like those days like. Bear That's coin, big isn't it? money, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the fight starts and Misk battles through four rounds and he eats some mean punches, fires back plenty of his own. Um, and as the as the fourth round is coming to an end, um, with his life literally almost completely drained out of him, Billy Misk throws his last ever left hook. Uh, it's big, clean, and it connects solidly with Brennan's chin, knocking him out cold. <gasps> Misk leaves Omaha victorious oh with money in his pockets and heads back to his family. Um, so that Christmas, Billy buys his wife, who loves to sing, a beautiful baby grand piano. Uh, he buys a huge grand tree and piles... This is why he's in debt, by the way. Can you just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, piles loads of Christmas presents around it for all his three kids. Um, with his winnings, he gave his family the best Christmas they'd ever had. Oh. On Boxing Day, <laughs> on Boxing Day he awakes in terrible pain. Uh, calls his manager and friend Jack Reddy, and he says, "Jack, take me to hospital. I can't take this pain any longer." So a boxer can't take this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. as an indication. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with his friend at his side, um, Jack drives to hospital uh, in the back seat of his car. Jack finally tells, his, uh, sorry, Billy finally tells his wife that. The doctor diagnosed him five years ago oh with this critical God. condition, and he's he, this is probably it. Five years, yeah. Um, and that's that's on the way to the hospital. 
and Jesus on um, a few days later, on New Year's Day, nineteen twenty-four, Billy Misk passes away. Aww. Yeah, and Aww. so that's the story of Billy Misk, who Jack Dempsey described as the bravest boxer he ever fought. I think that's a, that's fair. I think that's pretty sad. Oh, that was such a good story. I know. Like, yes, it, uh, it had everything. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I love yeah. that. I, I, I'm conscious that I maybe got a bit too bogged down in the um like the the, the boxing early oh, on. No, uh, but I you set the scene quite well. I think I um, despite myself, I think I've said this before maybe, but it's I, like I, I fucking love boxing. Mm-hmm. I like I really really like all combat sports. Yeah, and anyone who knows me or or perhaps what I look like <laughs> might, <laughs> might well be surprised to hear that. And it is a real kind of I don't know. Almost like an, um, it's like a bit of a weird, yeah, it's definitely like a weird thing that it doesn't fit with any of my other interests at all. Yeah. It's not kind yeah, of yeah, a coherent yeah. setup, but I just fucking, I just find it you so like captivating. I, I am the same. Like, I do not want to like boxing because yeah, it's, that, it's, yeah. it's against my principles, really. Uh, yeah, I think that's what I was yeah. getting at, yeah. It, it's I, like one guy, well, them, them punching each other until one of them can't get up anymore is just like deeply like unethical yeah. <laughs> and yet it is the most gripping thing you know like one yeah. of a guy going up against a guy that he knows he's going to lose to and he's still got to do it and he's still going to get punched really bad until he gets knocked out like I don't know like yeah, it's, yeah. it's awful but it's just so gripping yeah definitely um, and there's like there's something so like I said like I think it's probably I think it's a it's a primal thing I feel like yeah. there's something in us that when we see combat there is that like visceral mm. reaction somewhere else it's like this is we, you have to watch it like you have yeah, to see yeah, yeah. because because presumably like it was in those days you, know, you have to see what happened or you yeah, die exactly. well, um, but yeah it's, it's one of those, and I think boxing like it is littered with these amazing stories throughout it you know yeah. like I, I was I was like fascinated and obsessed with um, like Cassius Clay Muhammad Ali like that yeah. that, just that like whole so story of extremes in boxing yeah. you know like there are people who are just like rags to riches there mm. are like the best people the worst people like it, it's everything yeah Definitely. I would say um, I feel less guilty about watching Olympic boxing because yeah. people I think it's like a bit more like you don't have to knock anyone out it's a lot safer they're wearing like yeah. a little head thing so no, it's still not great but they're not like, as good though no oh no no, no. <laughs> but if you watch um, last thing on boxing do you know yeah. the Richard Dunn sports here? oh yeah do you know who Richard Dunn is no he was the he was one of only two Englishmen to fight um, Muhammad Ali Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a he's an absolute brute from Bradford. Um, couldn't box for shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I thought he would be a swimmer. I think no, this is a big pool because it's a swimming pool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, Richard Dunn is oh. the he was the second only. Henry Cooper was the other one. Okay. Um, oh, I'm so sorry, I forget. But I have a lot of Henry Cooper. She's just been absolutely. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm actually, just absolute last thing. Yeah. Um, Henry Cooper when Henry Cooper fought Muhammad Ali yeah um, he Henry Cooper was known for his left hook it was called Henry's Hammer um, um, and he, he hit Muhammad Ali square with his left um, and Ali looked dazed like really visibly oh, dazed um, and everyone was like he's going he's gonna to knock him out Henry Cooper's going to knock him out um, so Ali's ring man cut a, cut a small um, incision in Ali's glove um, when no one was looking and then he went to the ring man he was like his gloves his gloves so they had to take a few minutes out to retape his things and put his gloves <gasps> back on and in that time he recovered 
So people oh think that had he not had his ringman not done that, Henry Cooper would have beat Ali, which Whoa. would be amazing. Richard Dunn, the other guy to fight him, Ali. who the sports center is named after, terrible boxer. Oh. There's footage of Ali fighting him on YouTube, and it sets the Benny Hill thing because oh, it's no. just uh, chasing him around, and he's just shite. Yeah. But the water slides are good. Great slides, <laughs> great. I can remember as a child, Mom, can we go to Richard Dunn? <laughs> Strong leisure yeah. center, yeah, mediocre boys. fighter. That's that was my childhood voice. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's mine. Ah, oh, go. so good. Well done. Bravo. I don't know how long it was. Fucking ages, it was I think. Long, but it but deserved. Oh shit, that well, is. We long, did a bit of talking at the start. A so. little bit, not how very far, much. Uh, how far in away? Like fifty minutes. Oh great. <laughs> okay. Fuck. We can I... probably cut some of that. I think yeah. some of it I will be. I don't think it was great. There are a few parts system. where you were like, he fought these 17 matches and then these 17 and then he fought this guy and this guy and I was like, oh my God, he fought a lot of guys. Can you just die already? <laughs> <laughs> some of those can probably go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I actually totally agree. I did get bogged down in the... It uh, was a good story. In the stats and yeah. stuff. Thank you. That means a lot. Okay, so... My story is uh, the story, unlike yours, it's a it's a modern day tale. Oh, okay. No, I haven't either, actually. No, we haven't. It's this, I, I think I prefer a modern day tale. Well, I prefer listening to an olden day tale, but I prefer, I prefer telling a modern day tale. Okay. I don't know, it really depends. Like, people who are absolutely brutal in the past, like older. Oh, yes, oh, like, uh, she's going nice to go down yeah. in history on this podcast as, like, one of the best. It's going to be like, yeah. I, I think she's already gone down <laughs> in history. Now we've shot a light on that, but we've forgotten history. Real investigative no, journalism. Don't want to I just mean, um, if it's on this podcast. On, yeah, but on the it. modern ones, like Falcon, that was Yeah, you, lo- you love Falcon, he's a fighter boss. Yeah, <laughs> I literally love it. I think it's yeah. just the fact that he's called Falcon and that yeah. he flew, but he, did, he didn't. Spoiler. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah. Um, cool. Shall I do my story? Please do. Okay. So this is a story off of the watcher. <laughs> What? It's real. It was just like a missed opportunity that no one went into the Fresh Prince theme tune. No, this is, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Do you remember? I oh, well, this might not resonate with you, but it might still resonate with you. Um, when those you, are pretty much the only two options. 
Yeah, but it might not resonate with Ethan. Okay. Um, when I remember when we went to uni and we used to go to like student nights, and you may have gone to some student nights. Yes, so yes, yeah. I thought I thought you might have done. Um, and there was always Wager more than you two. <laughs> probably. Yeah. And then always late on in the student night, they would play the Fresh Prince, and everyone would be doing the lyrics of the Fresh Prince, and like. I've got a bad memory, but those are seared into my brain. And I always felt yeah. so Ethan's sorry. nodding, but you can't hear it. Yeah, no, and I always say that. Yeah. And I always <laughs> point that out like a dick. Um, <laughs> and there was always those kids that, like, I think they were just, like, brought up well, you know. Like, they, they weren't allowed to watch too much TV, so they didn't really watch The Fresh Prince. And then they'd just be, like, mouthing along, but you knew they weren't, like, you could see by their face. Like, they didn't know the words, and they were just doing, like, a... Kind of mouthing. Um, yeah, posh head was was in piano class as well. Uh, well, exactly, Fresh Prince. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I always was like, oh, that is like a thing that their parents didn't realise they needed to prepare them for. Um, whereas everyone else is just like, I guess maybe like they know how to learn things, so maybe they just went home and like they were like, this comes up all the time. I'm yes, learning. yeah, I bet yeah. they did. And then, yeah, memorise them, but yeah, because also when I was wrecked, even I sometimes would be doing the fake mouthing because I, mm-hmm. I was so drunk I couldn't, my brain couldn't follow the whole thing. See, that's the so. kind of like, uh, that's the kind of cultural and like social knowledge mm. that should. You know, like how really posh people know things, or like yeah. you know, they get like on University Challenge, and then there's like a pop music round, and they're like, "Oh, uh, the Beatles, or like Madonna," <laughs> when it's like Lady Gaga or something like yeah. that. I've just never heard yeah, of Lady yeah. Gaga. Yes, yeah. that's that's the kind of thing that yeah. you know. When you said you know how posh people know things and it just trailed off, I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. It actually was going a totally different way yeah. to, to where it did, but that's It wasn't all that important. I would say often they have a lot of good like classical knowledge, but mm. not as much of the modern day street smarts Mine was, <laughs> that we get from watching a lot of TV. Yeah, mine was more like how what I was saying, like how rich and posh people get places because of little things they know or people they know like mm. little bits of kind of cultural things like it, what it should actually be is like stuff like that like yeah, if right. you can like no one has ever got a job based on the fact that they know every word to Fresh Prince, Fresh yeah. Prince but they should have done yes like, that should have exactly, been a thing exactly that should be how we how we take yeah, it can that be our hiring process we just get them in like one after another and they have to recite the whole thing and they can't do it yeah. like, they're like I didn't have a TV growing up and I'm like get out <laughs> um, yeah, I did used to know someone who grew up without a TV did you have one of those at your school people who grew up without TVs are always weird yeah. yes and it wasn't out of poverty it was out of oh, that's, like, that's fine yeah, yeah if it was out of poverty not you weird that. you're yeah, fine that's fine it's not your fault but like yeah, yeah. I always think of them as like um, I'm, I realise now that the term I have like grandma kids um, <laughs> grandma it's, kids it's, yeah. it's bad because like it usually means they've had like at absolute best their parents are just kind of pricks yeah so they live with yeah. their grandparents yeah. and at worst the parents have probably died and that's why yeah, but yeah. they were just so notably different mm. like to or because yeah. that, that influence of like just being around old people more like yeah. they were just so much more like calm well, it's just, and, and it's less like, bothered by yeah. like just the day to day nonsense yeah. of stuff but they'd be yeah, like but it was still like alright like yeah you can just hold a perfectly fine <laughs> conversation be, with like, we were spoken to them as an adult from them being a very young age. Yeah, but they'd like scoff at the idea of designer trainers or something. Yeah, they'd be like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like those kids. Yeah, I was a bit, I think I was a half grandma kid because we grew up so, not so poor, but just like my, like we couldn't, ha- you know, like 
There are poor kids where their parents like put a lot of value on like having Adidas trainers and stuff, and but even if they've got no food in the cupboard. Yeah. Like my parents were the, the other type of poor where they were Sensible. like, yeah, like you, there's all the food you can eat in this house, but if you want those trainers, that's gonna be your birthday and Christmas present. <laughs> and I'd always be like, nah, it's alright. So I learned to be kooky because that's your that's really your only option. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. As a child, yeah. um, so I wasn't quite a grandma child, but. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grandadale is is a is a character thing as well. Yeah, I think, yeah. isn't it? Like yeah. it's a, it, yeah. They wear like a sensible coat. Because I was mostly raised by my grandma, but just in a different way. Like, <laughs> see, you're a secret grandma. I, I, child. I, yeah, but yeah. just not, yeah, just yeah. not in that. Like most of my time was spent with my grandma because we were work and shit. But yeah. yeah. Which is not in the same. Yeah. There's that very slight difference, I think, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I lived with my grandparents for two years, and during that time, I watched every single British soap every day, so I can't imagine what a whole lifetime <laughs> up to the age of yeah, 18 would do to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then some people had all sorts of parents going on and still grew up weird. Yeah. So I just feel really, you know, like, like I feel like I remember what school was like, and I feel like I couldn't put a child through what some of those kids went through like Um, and I don't understand how you can have a child and raise them and make them into like unfortunately the worst nerd ever just to get bullied like I could I I don't know how you can do like do you not know do you not remember what it was like Like, those kids I don't mean to be flippant right but if you are so like my um this is a mad tangent and we're already like fucking <laughs> yeah. I, I, I told the longest dumbest I'm story and we're already on a tangent <laughs> but right my there's someone in my kind of um one step removed family who I won't name because they might end up listening to it it will become obvious to them if no one else. Give, um, give them a funny name that we can use instead. Juniper. Okay. So, <laughs> nice choice. Actually, um, I love that name. That, yeah, it's a really secret, nice name, actually. My secret, like, girl-child name of really? oh, yeah. yeah. Juniper, for sure. Yeah. So, um, so, Juniper was, her parents were like... Thanks for reading that, by the way. <laughs> no, your, your future child can thank me themselves, actually. <laughs> um, so, she was, like, no TV... Oh, no. Not, but so much worse than that, like, yeah, they were religious. Oh, and like, yeah. and like not, not like, not just like, you know, keep yourself to yourselves, like, preach what you think in your own home type of religious. I feel like it's heading in a carry direction. They were like, go out and tell other people about what oh, kind of, you know, on. preach the good word of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So they would take them out knocking on doors in this small little village where they all grew up. So they would go on every other kid in their class's house. And be stood with their parents in awful oh, shit clothes. No. And they weren't poor. They weren't poor. No. They were relatively rich. But mm. they still had shit clothes. They still were the least cool kids. And to me, to do that over a prolonged period of time, so knowing cruel. that it's resulting in your children being bullied is child abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it literally yeah, it is. is. Like, yeah. And, and, it, and it, it genuinely fucks me off when she talks yeah. about her childhood. Because I just think, your parents could have ended that at any point mm. by yeah. just, like, not just forcing you, you to home. do their yeah. fucking dumb self-indulgent yeah. pastime like yeah, it really exactly. wasn't yeah. like, Casey can't tell yeah, no, I think that's fair yeah um, yeah I think yeah it, like when I when I when I remember like what happened to those kids and it's happening now like people have taken sending their kids to school like letting them get bullied yeah um oh. I don't know. I honestly like, just don't even know how people have kids and like let them exist in yeah, the world. In the yeah, I just can't. Could you put a child, it. Could you have a baby and put put it through this? No, absolutely <laughs> not. I, I think this is such like a not not purely just a media no. person take, but I think it is a bit. 
Because I said this to Tyler the other day, she was absolutely mortified. She was like, what? You would not have kids. And I was like, look at the world. It's yeah, fucking awful. It's fucking like, even just like, I I know that I've had like a good life. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. everything's turned out. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like, I had parents that, like, looked after me and were nice to me. Yeah. And, like, I've, I've grown up and do- achieved what I wanted to achieve. Like, things have worked out for me. <laughs> and even I think, oh, God, I wouldn't want to put a child through some of those things. Yeah, yeah. And, even, and I have had a good life. Mm. Yeah. So, like... Straight, white, middle-class male. Ditto. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I still yeah. fucking... Poor little bastards. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Anyway, right, that was a big old 10-minute tender, wasn't it? <laughs> I think, yeah, that was wishful thinking at 10 minutes. Oh, God. Okay, The Watcher. Um, Derek and Maria Broadus bought their dream home in June 2014 in a town called Westfield, New Jersey, which is where Maria was raised. So she grew up there. Uh it was like a very like picturesque town. What are you laughing now? We know where she was raised. I'm saying that because I'm like always like glances at me, and we just we always share like moments where like yeah. a, you, and you, every you time you're like you're insecure in place through you're always like what what is it what are you saying about me what are you passing notes remember, is it like pretty much day one you'd been I reckon you'd been at the overtake about two or three weeks Abigail arrived. And like literally, you both came in on the same day. You ripped, like you ripped the piss out of me once, Ethan. And Abigail joined in, and I could see her face being like, "Yes, I found my own." And like both of you are just like ripping the piss out of me. And I reckon that's how you, you both still here. Just what, just both kind of dickheads in the same way. Yeah. 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 No, but on his own, Ethan's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, he's really good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Uh, I would say the same for Abigail. I'm sure she's on. on she's, not. Oh, no. she's not. I know I'm not. So you corrupt me. That's good. She laughs sometimes. So, right, we live in a similar area. Sometimes we walk home together, and she laughs at me every time I nearly trip over the. <laughs> That's because it's funny. And <laughs> <laughs> you do more. it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm concentrating on what I'm telling you. This important. I'm a nice person just to put that out there it's just that I like making fun of people in a harmless way okay so Maria Broadus wanted to raise her kids in the same town as she grew up I hope I'm not repeating myself too much for you (laughs) Um, so they found this house it was like a beautiful uh, detached six bedroom place like if you imagine the American dream in a house yeah it was that so the address was 657 Boulevard. So already you know Boulevard is going to be a nice yeah. address. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like a, a pretty nice house. Can you imagine if it was a crack then? <laughs> like yeah. it's called Boulevard and it was and just, it was just a shed. Like, Welcome yeah. to the track. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, I'm going to get a shed and call it the Boulevard. <laughs> oh my God, you should. Yeah, yeah thanks. Um, so, Yeah. Uh, I'll put a house, I'll put a house on Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> In it, yeah. Yeah. No, this is a house. I'll put exactly that house. Never seen one. <laughs> I'll, I'll put uh, 657 Boulevard on Instagram. So, uh, a couple of days after they closed on the house, um, they were there doing some decorating, and Derek went out to get the mail, and there was a letter addressed to the new owner, like, those quotes. Um... Um, and the letter was typed, like the new one was written out and the letter was typed. So it started nicely, welcoming welcoming them to the neighbourhood. But then it starts to get a bit creepy. Uh, how did you end up here? The letter asks. Did 
657 Boulevard call you with its force within? No. And you're like, Ugh. so he's reading this. I'm gonna read some. I'm gonna read like a big chunk of the letter because it's creepy and okay. you need to okay. hear this. Okay. Six five seven Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its one hundred and tenth birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grand, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my grandfather watched the house in the nineteen twenties, and my father watched the watched in the sixties. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. Get the fuck out of there. Get a yeah. fucking hobby. Who appointed you? You might be on top. Well, um, I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Was this letter written by a ghost or a demon? Well, just let me tell the story. Um, <laughs> I just spoiled the entire thing. <laughs> it, tsk, 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 it says, but I guess you, how do you say that? Yeah. But three in a row is quite hard to say. Yeah. But he, he or she was writing it, so... Um, bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. Do you need to fill the house with young... Oh, do you need to fill the house with young blood as I requested? Better for me. Was it... Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Ethan and I are just glancing at each other every two Can seconds. I leave? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I see, this is some monster like, house that's yeah. like draining like it to even by shit. Repeating these words, you probably yeah. I feel like, like you're invoking some something kind of bad. Spell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, obviously... I've been no... walking home in dark <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's oh, no yeah, return address. Obviously, it wasn't Claire who wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> we were so funny. We were like, Melvin Bones. See you around. Welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So it wasn't Claire who wrote it. He's, this, he or she said, um, there are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out! Look out! Any of the many windows in Six Five Seven Boulevard. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> I tell the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Um, welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. And then the signature underneath was the Watcher in like cursive font. Um, so I was Derek. Like got this letter. It was it was like ten p.m. in the evening. Um, he was home alone because he'd been doing some work on the house. Yeah, so he like... Get out of there. Yeah, he turned up all the lights. I'd make those contractors move in with me. Yeah. <laughs> he turned up all the lights and he called the police department who came over and read the letter. <clears throat> uh, and uh, yeah, basically they were just like, what the fuck's this? Anyway. <laughs> and, they, <laughs> I mean, yeah. and they just... Really all they could do was like, have you, ask, have you got any enemies? And he was like, no. And then they didn't really know what to do after that. Okay, see you later. Yeah, yeah. So Derek went back to their old home because they hadn't moved out of their old home yet. They'd bought this new house and they hadn't moved out. Like <laughs> they were like, we have now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Um, so that night, he obviously told his wife Maria about it. That that night, the couple emailed John and Andrea Woods, who were the couple that had sold them 657 Boulevard, oh, okay. um, to ask if they had any idea who the watcher might be. Um and, uh, yeah, because in the letter it said, I asked the woods to bring me young blood, and it looks like they listened. 
say. Wouldn't, have, wouldn't they have been like illegally obligated to tell them that that was a thing well, before they? I bet they, they, when they got this phone call, they were like, "Yes, yeah, fuck, we must, must have slipped my mind." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am so sorry. <laughs> so the the Woodses, um, they replied the next day to this email, and they said they'd actually also got a letter from the Watcher um, when they saw that, saw like just before they sold it. Which they found it found odd, but basically they'd binned it because it was it was just strange. Like it wasn't threaten, threatening to them or like creepy. It seems strange it that so he's saying that this thing goes back generations and yet the last the last occupants only got a letter when they moved, mm, not when yeah, they were living weird. there. Yeah. So like um yeah. Dad so, must have dropped the ball for a few years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a couple of decades. Yeah. Um so the Broadusses were like freaked out, obviously. Um, and every time they went back to the house, they were like looking over their shoulder to see if they can work out who it was. Uh, two weeks later, another letter arrived. This by this time they knew their last name, although actually misspelled it, but basically knew their last name. Oh, so even that suggests that they're like he's that's not, he's not just like looked up who's moving in there. No, he's heard it. Heard like it. he's oh, heard yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the letter like boasted about how much this person had learned about the family. Uh, so it, this person knew the children's names and things like that. Uh, so it asked, Juniper. I would have <laughs> yeah, yeah. there in a second. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So it asked things like, uh, the workers have been busy and I've been watching you unload uh, carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found <coughs> what's in the walls yet? In time they will. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm going to read a big, another big chunk of the letter. The walls are literally just around cold. It's worth it, yeah. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ru- ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? <laughs> Where, will the young blood play in the basement or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me know who is in which bedroom. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the win- what? Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, the reason I'm laughing so much is Ethan's face. I'm really... <laughs> yeah. I, I, wanted, I don't even want to say so, scared. I just want to say profoundly disturbed by yeah, this. Like, yeah, yeah. Fuck it's, this. Yeah. Like, Got this sense go, of anticipation that's really unpleasant. Okay, great, great. Anxiety, it's called anxiety. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and I've been control of... I've been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. Can I just jump in to say that that's what windows are for? To <laughs> yeah. see in and out of? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. I know you are too, Bradis family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought you, brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. He talks about greed a lot. Yeah. It's really mm. greedy for someone to want a house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it was like a nice house. Yeah. It was an expensive house. And like, it was like historically, like when the when they're all first built, like the, the nicest house. Yeah. You know, well known as the nicest I house. I hope it's the guy that lives like three doors down and has a house just as nice. 
Well, it's interesting you should say that. Mm. Uh, so at this point, they weren't really sure whether they wanted to move in because obviously, you know, all that stuff sounds pretty threatening, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I already mentioned the kids Completely well. unfazed yeah. by it over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they were keeping their kids away completely. Um, a third letter came not that long after. It said, where have you gone to? And they're obviously like, well... You just sent loads of creepy letters. So I'm not gonna be. We don't written back and been like that too was redundant. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Um. So they started doing some detective work. Um. So the Broadduses initially suspected that the watcher might be someone who wanted the house but had lost out. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. So like uh, the woods, but when they sp- when they spoke to the woodses. Um, they said that one interested buyer had backed out after a bad medical diagnosis, while another had already found a different home. Um, then they wondered if it was someone else in the neighbourhood. Um, and doing a bit of research, the postmarks on the letters suggested that it was somebody nearby. Mm. So, which is what you would expect, I suppose. Um, yeah, good from, to confirm it. Though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to be coming from the deep south, is it? Um, well, all of America yeah, is by definition the deep south. Apart from the bit that's the Midwest. Yes. Yeah. Um, So uh, the other thing was, which is creepy, that one of the letters referred to um, an easel, which is one of the children's, um, and it was in a window, but you couldn't see that from the street, only if you went behind the house. Mm, what I year are we in? I Twenty fourteen at the start oh, of the story. Shit! So it's not even like you would assume that a child would have an easel, is it? Like that's yeah, no, it all sounds yeah, very not, Victorian, yeah. doesn't it? That's <laughs> not just like a... It's not like a thing that a kid would have. It's not like a psychic trick of being like, you have lost a grandparent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, no shit, most oh people God, have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. When they first moved in, they'd gone to this barbecue, um, like on the, what's it called? Block. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and someone had told them about his family, the Langfords. So Peggy Langford was in her nineties, and several of her adult children, in their all in their sixties, still lived with her. Um, and people thought they were odd, but like harmless, you know, like a boom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're odd now, just from that. Just from to that. To be fair, yeah. families used to live to get together for years, and they what? still do. Five years ago? <laughs> yeah. Back in 2014. Yeah, families all used to I mean, live together. It was if quite I... literally a whole different world of 2014. Like, we joke, but it was <laughs> a totally yeah, different time. True. Also, it's a lot yeah. more common among non white families. Yes. So, yes. True. True. living. True. Yes, that's true. And also, um, this woman was obviously in the 90s. Very few people in the 90s can live alone without yeah. people keeping an eye on them. So, kind of understandable. Fine. So there was this one son, Michael, um, who didn't work, and the broadest the broadest were really suspicious of him. So they told the police, but actually, as it happened, the police were already looking at him, um, and they brought him mm. in for questioning. Good mm. work. Yeah, um, but there wasn't really any any evidence. And after a few weeks, police basically said there wasn't much they could do, like not just about him, but just at all. Like, yeah. All they had were the, these letters. <laughs> Um, yeah, and they'd like done fingerprinting and all that stuff, and you know, like there wasn't there wasn't really much evidence. And I guess also like based on how police tend to work, like until they, it's a bit like if someone goes missing, they can't do anything for forty hours, isn't it? Unfortunately, yeah. they, they probably wouldn't be able to do much about just some letters that were at best like a bit ambiguously threatening. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's like if this are doing a poor family. 
like oh, yeah. people wouldn't have even just <laughs> gone around yeah. like yeah. yeah um so they did what you know they did what they could but obviously there were murders to be solved so yeah. yeah um although Derek I think did say something about that say said like although the letters don't seem that much of a big deal like if anyone threatens my family basically you can have a murder on your hands nice but yeah police did yeah, what they could. yeah <laughs> Uh, so Derek kind of took it upon himself to do a lot of the investigating. So nice. he, yeah, he set up webcams um, in the house. He spent nights like crouched in the dark watching to see if anyone was watching them. This is oh, the plot Derek. of a horror movie, isn't yeah. it? He's, like down to the paranormal activity filming yourself yeah. element. They did in fact make a, a TV movie, um, oh. but they changed it enough so that um, they could rip off the story kind of want to without, watch it oh, yeah. without crediting or yeah. giving them anything so they call it like the raven instead of uh. the watcher so yeah um yeah so uh yeah so he spent a lot of nights like crouching in the dark waiting to see if anyone was watching them he made maps of when everyone in the neighborhood moved in and he spoke to some fbi agents uh, one of them noticed some like ticks in the letter like old-fashioned ticks um so like the letters were addressed to M slash M brothers. So that's like Mr. and Mrs. But in the people don't really write yeah. it like that anymore. Yeah. Good spot. <laughs> mm. And all the letters mentioned things like the weather, which is just quite an old-fashioned way of writing a letter, mm. like talking about the weather. Yeah. Um, so uh, this this FBI, FBI agent as well um, also thought that the person seemed quite like a literary person and not very macho about how the letters were written. Right, yeah. They're quite yeah, like... Yeah. Um, creatively written um and they also actually wondered whether the writer had seen the keanu reeves film the watcher because that's like about a serial killer who stops the detective trying to catch him um the letters were angry though and they seemed annoyed about particularly about the new money moving into the neighborhood um yeah um, and they weren't happy about the re- renovations that the Borises were making. Uh, one of In one of the letters, it says, the house is crying from all of the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s was a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old, and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. Yeah. Yeah, that's my only response to that. Yeah. Yeah. So they went through, like, all the... After after that, they went through all the former housekeepers and their descendants. um, And they were, like, basically, they were trying to look up as many suspects as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Because... After police had visited Michael, the letters continued and they thought it'd be quite reckless if police turned up and like interviewed you and you still carried on sending the letters. So they thought probably probably wasn't Michael, they weren't sure. I mean, having said that, it would be more reckless to stop writing letters the moment police came to you. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So there's no digital trail, no fingerprints, no way to no way to place someone at the scene of a crime, because basically it could have been hatched from pretty much any mailbox in the area. Mm. Um, even the letters themselves might just be nonsensical ramblings like they're not necessarily like packed with clues I just decided I'm going to write one of you a creepy letter at one point please don't do that just, <laughs> oh no you've got my address to... as well oh, shit, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think of that yeah. 
I, I'd recognise you your writing. Yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and also, you just said that, so you yeah. didn't yeah. suspect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what if I got a creepy letter though, and I came on. in and I was like, ha, 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 Ethan, and then it actually wasn't. Well, yeah, I, was that. Yeah. I forgot that we were on a podcast right so now. now. Robin will do it, and you'll, and you'll like, think it's me, and then they'll put me in prison. But now you've told me, so I'm going to think it's either of you. Oh, you need to stop saying right. your plans out loud. Yeah, I do. Just, just. <laughs> But clarification, I don't want any of us in prison. I honestly don't think we can afford to lose even one member of staff. (laughs) So I'm not going to be sending any letters. And anyone who sends letters, I would say they will be fired, but I don't want to lose any members of staff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, kind of same either way there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, A few months later, the house was finished, but they didn't want to move in, obviously, because they were worried about the kids. Um, but at this point, they'd sold their old home and moved oh. in with, with Maria's parents. But they were paying like the mortgage on the new house and also like loads of taxes, which actually seemed quite oh. hefty. So they're not rich enough no. to just buy a new place. Their money is tied up in this house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We are for taxes on unoccupied property. Though. Oh yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like it's a big. I don't know what it was like, nearly a million dollars. Like I'm okay with it being a lot of tax. Um, but they kept getting these letters. Uh, so another, another letter quote. 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It's coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to, to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in Please 657 Boulevard. Young blood. I know. I was stop gonna changing say, it and let it alone. I was going to say that one's a bit less creepy because it was just Absolutely her. Not. It was just nonsensical. Her yeah. being like, well, I'm saying her. It might I, not be a her. But like the house is turning on me. And I was like, what? But then you just started saying young blood, blood a lot. Too many times. Yeah. 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 It does feel like, I think that letter would scare me more than the other ones because it feels like a descent into madness. Like yeah. at least with the other ones, it felt like, that's that person felt like she was very, the, they, it seemed like from the from the the way the letters were written, like they were kind of in control and they were quite uh, intelligent. They were like toying with someone, mm, but now they seem manic yeah. and fucked. I think yeah. the being in control scared me more. So that's just more of a, a personal so, thing. Says something about like probably, it seemed but, very calculated, and now it just seems like okay, this person's yeah, probably just off now it could just be like one ton destruction yeah, though, yeah. rather than like considered. Um, yeah, but I think that's the the most amount of times <laughs> they've said young blood, or is it new blood? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's not me at one time. Destruction, like, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. It's interesting. You should say she. Um, we we based not on anything in particular. Because we think it's that old. I think it might be the old lady, but also I think just generally I just have a feeling. Could, also, could be wrong. You but... you did say that the police thought it was someone more literate, and when you said it, you were like, "I'm not masculine." Yeah, Which, macho. Macho, macho, sorry, you did say macho. macho. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The cursive writing as well, kind cursive of. These writing. days, all yeah. men just write in caps. <laughs> what is that? That's, that's a... I, see, I think that's an old... This is not interesting. Oh, but I always yeah. think old people write in, in like... The, the, yeah. all, all of them have yeah, the exact same hand. Because they were beaten into them. Yeah, I think Whereas we were just like, you can just write that way. If you don't write well, you won't get a fountain pen. But other than that, everything is fine. No, did you get fountain pens, by the way? Of course. I was... 
only child at my school. I'm sure you won't be surprised. I was the only child at my school to not be given a fountain pen at any point. My my writing never became good enough. I think your writing is fine. Yeah, I think your journalism is good. Your handwriting is fine. I I actually, you wouldn't even be able to tell that my handwriting's okay based on the way that I just scroll my notes. Yeah, I can do do good handwriting, but I choose not to. That's so much effort. Yeah, I think it's all people and also like dads. Over the age of forty. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, in this at this point, they were just in bits. Uh, Maria was actually diagnosed with PTSD from just like the trauma of the oh, whole shit. thing. Yeah. They decided to put it back on the market. Uh, they didn't. They didn't even want to make money. They just wanted to get back what they spent, basically. Mm. Uh, even though potentially. This is the make most money. sorry I've ever felt for rich people. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but obviously, people didn't want to buy it because um, even though they hadn't told any of the neighbours, um, once once the police were questioning yeah, people, like, word got out. Yeah, there's, there were, well, at least there were rumours flying mm. around. You'd also wonder, wouldn't you, that people who bought this house, spent a lot of money on it, and, and immediately they're like, just put it straight back on the market, mm. and for the for the, for the same price, price. Presumably, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they'd actually put it on for a little bit more because they'd done renovations to it, so it was technically worth more. Right? Yeah, yeah. But um, they, yeah. So uh, they, I think the realtor had um, told them to um, disclose the letters to any new people. But right. actually, that they wanted to do that anyway because they didn't want to put anyone else through what they'd been through. Yeah. Nice. Um, so this at this point still, though, it was all quite private, at least, you know, gossip within the neighbourhood that that was it. Um, until they decided to sue the Woodses for not disclosing that they also got a letter before all the paperwork was signed. Mm. Completely fair. Yeah. I don't know, like... By the sounds of it, the Woods' letter was just a bit, like, a bit weird. Yeah. And not not remotely threatening or... It was just probably, like... Well, I, I think, think it was I just, like, well, well done, thank you for looking after the house. You've been... It also... You know, the house is really pleased that you looked after it, you know, that kind of thing. It also depends if they were telling the truth and they did just get yeah, one letter, true, like, true. doing all left, or if they just didn't say that they'd be getting them for years. Yeah, I still exactly. feel like the implication that anyone is regularly watching your house, you should share. Yeah. Even yeah. if they're not, like... Young blood. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, so actually what happened was they they were trying to do this on the quiet, suing the Woodses, but what actually happened was a newspaper spotted the legal notice, um, support your local newspaper, <laughs> um, and it got picked up and went mainstream. So everybody in the neighbourhood was on edge then because they all knew about this. Um, and they were getting like national attention. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that we're going to find out when this story ends. But would that not be a good thing that like everyone in the neighbourhood now is well, on the? I think they were just like knobs. They, you know, like yeah. rich people knobs. You know, like in the neighbourhood. So they were just like they didn't want that kind of attention, and mm. like obviously they wanted to affect the price of their property and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So they eventually managed to get a DNA analysis on one of the envelopes and worked out that the DNA belonged to a woman. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they looked at Abby Langford, who was Michael's sister, um, who worked as a real estate agent, but she was tested and she wasn't a match. Uh, so because it went public around the, around the same time that the Brodices, um had received their first letter, they actually found out that another family on the boulevard had got a similar oh. note from oh. the watcher. Yeah. 
And the, par- the parents of that family had lived in the house for years and their kids were growing up. So basically, just like the Woodses, they threw away the letter because mm. they were just like... Had they just away. gotten the one? Yeah, okay. that's what they said anyway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between getting one and getting one every two weeks. Yeah, exactly, mm. yeah. Um, so there was actually one good suspect. Um, a car pulled up uh, for a while. Uh, so the police obviously at one point were watching the house. A car pulled up for a while to look at the house and they traced the number plate uh, the license plate and um they spoke to his girlfriend and she said that he played some dark video games where in one of them the character was called the watcher mm. which is mm. interesting mm. but this guy didn't show up for police interviews and there wasn't enough evidence to do anything further because mm. basically all they had was he slowed down yeah. to look at the house which at that point was it was quite you know like it was out the, uh, it was the, the creepy house yeah, so you might well house. yeah exactly um, so at this point most people thought the, the Broadsters did it themselves um, so like mm. everybody then was talking on the internet about it and everybody turned on them and were asking them a lot of questions about like how they'd gotten so rich like you know their first house was worth a fraction of what that this house was worth like where did they come get the money from um, Derek just said you know basically it's America which I think I actually do think is a reasonable explanation. Um, what would like what would their motive for faking it be? Yeah. Exactly. Well people people thought they maybe had buyer's remorse and they wanted to get rid of it. But you wouldn't you just Worst, put it on the, the least efficient yeah, way to do yeah, that. Right? Also she have to have been faking PTSD yeah. like yeah. consistently yeah. for a long time. And like one of the contractors work, was working on the house, like a journalist interviewed him and he was like saying that she'd been like crying on his shoulder and stuff and he was like pretty much a stranger to her. So like they're yeah. not going to be, no. like, obviously... In, yeah. in the spring of 2016, they put 657 back on the market. And after loads of... Like, basically, loads of people on the internet had been like, um, oh, I, I wouldn't care. I'd just still move back in. No, you wouldn't. Well, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had... Basically, after after they heard all those people saying that, they were like, fine, right, we'll have an open house. Um, and they were checking everybody who signed in to, like... Um, See what the yeah. Mm-hmm. See if we can match nice. the watcher's handwriting. Clever. Um, but I also feel like if you were the watcher, you'd see right through that. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. I mean, the, the, nothing came of that. And actually, every everybody backed out. Like when everyone, the people who got to any kind of stage where they were interested in buying the house, once they saw the letters, they all backed out. Um. So Derek said there was like he. Derek, so I'll do Derek's quote. Um. Quote. Some cocky guy from Staten Island said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna get." get a house at a discount he reads the letters and we never hear from him again end quote so like mm. clearly like people were just like cocky about it but actually the letters were also it wasn't really a discount it was still asking price yeah I think maybe by at this point they were just I, and they might yeah. have knocked down the price I can't yeah. remember yeah. but yeah yeah reasonable uh, so they were just at a loss basically to know what to do with the house um, they tried to get planning permission to demolish it and build two houses there instead but the like, the, the local council were just like nah I, feel, mm. I don't even think that would resolve anything that I think the watcher would be fucking off. crazy yeah, yeah exactly. well yeah but if you could sell if you could sell those two houses you wouldn't you wouldn't care yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah anyway it was all knocked back um, they've they managed to let it out um, and the renters who lived there didn't get any letters uh, but unfortunately the rent doesn't cover the mortgage so they're losing money but they just don't know what to do is there about. another letter coming up because I really want to hear another one <laughs> <laughs> so uh, last year 
loads of people in the neighbourhood, um, people who had rejected the plans to split the lot in, into two, got anonymous letters, um, and they were eerily similar to the watcher's letters. Um, but in the end, Derek told Jonas that it was him, and he was just like, at his wit's end. And nice. He just, yeah, nice. he just like, wrote creepy letters to everyone in the neighbourhood. Like, um, oh wait, just those letters, not the entire... No, not the entire right, thing, okay, just yeah. the ones yeah, in the neighbourhood. Yeah, uh, and that brings us pretty much up to the present day, and we still don't know who the watch oh, is. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Fuck you! Yeah, so I tried not to let on that... Yeah, yeah, yeah you'd so, well. Yeah, so to this day... So did they never look at good. that old woman? They, I mean, they I guess it's just too old. There's only so much you can do, and there's like there's nothing to actually suggest it's her. Yeah. But in their inclination, there's only so much you can you can do. Yeah. Like, or, or you're you're um yeah you're abusing someone's kind of civil rights. I suppose if they well looked as... through everyone that had worked there, yeah. and stayed there, and mm-hmm. they didn't find anything, then yeah, yeah. So, so they're still out there. Yeah, that actually really annoyed me. <laughs> so. Well, you can actually, so I've, I've kind of condensed the story, but I got a lot of this information from The Cut, um, and it's an article by Reeves Wiedemann. Um, yes. 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 Nice yeah. So I really, really strongly recommend I'm, reading I'm actually going to read it. Yeah, genuinely. On it, I'll send you a link. Um, because it's actually, I, I kind of gloss over a lot of the details, but there's like other suspects and more... Um, detailed information a bit more from the letters so yeah so that is the story of the watcher Shit. nice yeah nice Thank yeah you. really a good pair this week I think yeah we did yeah. some very different, different. Yeah. yeah I liked yeah I liked this week uh, do we have any corrections um no but there were none in yours I don't think I don't yeah, know if that's because there weren't any or if I was just too engrossed <laughs> gonna say yeah, it. Like that I was totally my favourite story yet forgot yeah. that we were doing a podcast and I yeah. was just like please yeah, tell me honestly. the person please tell me they got the bad person oh, that was the best story so far <laughs> in my opinion wow um so just just for you, Ethan. <laughs> um, you were correct about Renee Zellweger playing Russell Crowe's wife. Yeah, in yeah, she's good. Well, she's good. Yeah. Um, Robin was correct about Russell Crowe being a bit of a dickhead. Yes. Um, he's quite frequently aggressive, has pinned a de- director to a wall and shouted verbal abuse at him, shouted verbal abuse at fans, etc. There are also other accusations, but he says that the media exaggerates. Okay. Uh, Minnesota is in the Midwest, uh, Billy Misk oh, began. <laughs> Billy Misk began his career in 1913 and died in 1924. So he was inducted into. Was it the International Boxing Hall? Yeah, because he did get inducted into the Minnesota Boxing Hall okay. thing as well, which is a different thing. Um, 97 years after his career began, and 86 years after his death. And not all forms of what I am just going to call glum, because I ain't got the time for this, are terminal now. Some can be cured, others can be stopped. And the ones that are terminal can be slowed down pretty effectively. That's it. That's it. Oh, Sweet, man. That's really good. Yeah. 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 I get the impression that you probably didn't delve into the uh, the boxing statistics of Billy Misk's career to find out whether I'd got his number of no, and stuff I like, trusted I you because I, I think if anyone who's listening is obsessive about boxing, they will Please do, yeah, we can, we can chat about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Most of the time, if it's something that you've made a note of, I assume that that's because you've done research. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so well, yeah. how the Marcel Mill has things. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
Um, it's usually stuff where you're like, don't know. I'm like, oh, look yeah, that I must yeah. check that. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that seems a good rule. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool, cool, man. Let's do some thank yous. So, thanks to Annika Vadical. If you engage at all with the Instagram, that is who you're engaging with. Yeah. Annika, mm-hmm. she is the purest person. Oh. Um, and oh we should say thank you to uh Michaela, the brewery and Eurobeza who sent sent us the beer and Hiver also beer. Yeah they did. Because I think we're are we what are we on now? Episode four? No, five This will be five, five. Think, yeah. So I think probably five episodes worth of thank yous is yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, so um, that's that's your lot, lads. Yeah. Um, and in future, we'll just thank me for buying the beers. Yeah, you bought, you've been buying the beers at me. You've been buying Brewdog, which. No, don't fucking. Don't, got, don't name check got, them for nothing. Yeah, people have got beers yeah. on. Actually, Brewdog once did send me a massive crate of beer. I interviewed one of the founders and he sent it for our roller derby team. When I told oh, them yeah. I mean, yeah. Send us some for But also, podcast. everyone hates Brewdog, so. Yeah. Just the new like, seller. I get well, it. I don't think they are. Um, I get it, but there's there's not much choice of like decent beer in the Sainsbury's near work. So no, I honestly, I I like it to yeah, be honest. I, do. like, I don't yeah. want to lie. Like, yeah, I don't I do. like it. It's nice. Um, and I feel like there's more. This things. is the part where we beg you for money. Oh yeah, yeah. Give us no, your don't say you're not allowed to money, do that please. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We got we got a. Uh, I, I, Definitely wouldn't say complaint, but one of my friends who listens to the podcast, Kate, hello Kate. An observation. Uh, an observation that Ethan swears too much. Um, so maybe, I, and I you think, don't know, I, I, we don't right. know for definite, it was the gives you fucking money. I <laughs> did very well then to not yeah. just swear directly at your friend, Kate. Yes. I think, yeah. all, I think we can all agree, I actually thought about Kate, it. Yeah. you got away, fortunately there, I apologise for, for my past... <laughs> Uh, in, what's the word? Indiscretion? Yeah, indiscretion, yeah. yeah. I just <laughs> felt like discretion going. is not what it is, so why would it be indiscretion? But, hey, the English language is kooky. Um, no. I mean, Kate is actually one of our patrons. Sweet, so, thank you. Oh, so yeah. actually can't piss so, off. No, no. And also, she's already given us a fucking money, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't um, not. To be fair, I think the only reason you swear more than I do is because you talk more in these podcasts than I <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. Otherwise, Good I word. would have yeah. you and also, maybe beat. That's a Bob Geldof impression, so it's not yeah, exactly. technically swearing. No. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so please, please give us some money. You always Patreon. say it in this voice that makes you sound like Oliver Twist. I know, yeah, you're, you're far too timid. <laughs> People yeah, need to be given strong yeah. instructions. We'll respond yes. to directness and to okay. strength. So, we have got a... Um, a uh, editorial campaign coming up that I think everyone will like in mm. January. It would be good if we can afford to do some travelling for that. Get in the car, go to the northeast maybe, or you know the Midlands if we want. Like it'd be good if we can afford yeah. those things. The option would be nice. The option would be nice, exactly. So um, yeah, so any little little scraps of money from the table, we will graciously accept. Because uh, it does actually make a world difference. We we've got nearly fifty patrons as of this recording, yeah, and we do know, yeah, and we know who every single one of them are because it tells us their name when they come in, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we are extremely grateful. And we do like a little like, oh, we've got another patron in the office, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we're always yeah. like, who is it? Who is it? Does anyone know this person? Yeah, sometimes they're strangers, but sometimes they are people we know. And I'm going to do the experiment. Georgina did it today. My friend Georgina, thanks, Georgina. 
if she ever listens to this podcast, which she will tell me she does, mm. then now we'll know because she's just been name checked. Yeah. So she'll be like, if not, George. We should read a list of our friends' names and <laughs> yeah. check who's listening. Yeah. No, that's not. I mean, if you're a friend of any of ours, we know we've got listeners at this point because we can see the data. So we know we've got more listeners than we've got friends. So <laughs> some of you are strangers, but some of you are people we know. Yeah. Um, send us an email correcting us on something. Yeah. Or just uh, like... Yeah. Or telling us your own crazy story because we've asked for... Cra- no one sent us a single crazy story. Please do, yeah. And I would, I will extend... I don't know if we've agreed to this formally, but... Uh, right. Let's extend the definition of crazy story to how, how we approach it, which is like a story that exists in the world. Yes. And like, it's a thing. If you want to tell us something that happened to you, like a crazy story that's your own, yeah. Oh, yeah. then tell us. We might not read it, we might it might just be lost in the ether. Probably though, we'll do something with it. Yeah. At the very least we might get some entertainment or a chuckle out of it. Yeah, yeah, if we if we get like a couple of decent um anecdotes, let's call them crazy anecdotes. Yes. Um then I I can do I can tell some of my own. Okay, yeah. So, we can see, even do like... See how much you both want that to happen. Yeah. Um, we can do a mini-sode if we... That's what I'm thinking, yeah. yeah. We can just fill it with that so, kind of thing. If, if I, this isn't enough for you, you could get even more. Yeah. Contemplating um, our actual ability to do a mini-sode, given that these things are always an hour longer than we set out to make them. Mm. Yes. If we start getting some of that sweet advertising money, then... Sweet, yeah. sweet advertising money. <laughs> sweet advertising <laughs> money. Then, um, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, let's not talk anymore about that. Have we done everything that we needed to do? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Is anyone we don't like? Oh yeah. We That's sometimes a thing we do. Like, yeah. Or like, if people wanna, if people are our patrons and they wanna pledge to be our patrons, and then send us a message with someone you don't like, and we'll slag them off on the podcast. Yeah. We we'll maybe check yeah. them out first. <laughs> we don't like libel them, but we'll just call them like twat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there is someone we don't like this. There's an absolute abundance of people we don't yeah. like always. Well, but I'm talking about this week, week that we someone that's like. really pissed us off. Mm, Consider them P. Tobias Elwood kind of uh, wise. Uh, but yeah, like, yeah. I think, like, there are more deserving people of, of shit generally. But even even within the Tory party, Tories. there are worse but Tories. So he is a Tory. And so. I think we can't, we can't ignore the fact that he's kind of a hero because he kind of saved, tried to save that. Guy on Westminster Bridge. I mean, we'll cut this bit. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at when I was like, you can't really really get to Vice Elwood. Because he's like... And I was like, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's all right. What does he think he is? Yeah, he like served in Afghan and stuff. But he's still a Tory. That's what's really good about this whole thing. Yeah, he's still a Tory. Don't be a Tory if you don't want people to know. Yeah, I'd say he was a fucking awful Tory. My MP, well, he was my MP until a few weeks ago, Andrew Percy. Andrew... If by any any weird fluke of 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 cosmic misfortune on my part, you happen to be listening to this, fuck you. <laughs> That's about all I've got to yeah. say on that one. You can so this is a public service announcement. You can look up your own MP on They Work for You, mm-hmm. and you can find out their voting record. Yes, I run a I run a social media thing during last election, as as mm. you both know. But for a bit of background, so we ran I ran this thing on Facebook where we talked a lot about politics and it did it did like relatively well we got a lot of reach but you know because the election was on and everyone was talking about it the amount of people who do not know that one you can check what MPs how MPs vote mm. on issues two that everything that people say in parliament is recorded on the yes. Hansard 
and and three that like this is all just a matter of public record and it's yeah. there. The amount of people that don't know that is terrifying. Like yeah. we have people accusing us of making this stuff up, and then we we send them a link to answer that to um, you know to even the official parliament thing, and they'd be like, "How do I know that's real?" How do I know? these same people that read fucking fake news oh. that tells them that you know that the migrants are all on their way here and I, I don't know all that fucking dumb shit are like the most sceptical people in the world when you're like well no we know it's how to vote on stuff yeah. Record. Here, here it is yeah. Yeah. it's been around since like the fucking 1800s at least uh, so yeah that's a thing alright we done podcast over Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.